0: Hey, you know what's funny? I spoke on it on podcast before, and I was talking about the difference between a podcast and an interview. Well, this right here fell right on time because I actually had somebody hit me up trying to do an interview And I thought to myself, I was like, I haven't done a quote-unquote interview in a long time So I really wanted to do it so I can just, you know, see where I was at with it And, you know, kind of perfect that Because I know a lot of people do interviews and I'm always judging them So I was like, let me show people I can do interviews too, bro And I did that, dog. I had Axiom come on, um, aka Ben he's a rapper out of augusta georgia he's also a event planner and he has his own fashion line and i conducted a very good interview dog so i ain't gonna do too much talking i'm gonna go ahead and let his song play then we're gonna spin right into the interview dog
1: My jewelry, reflection of the wealth in the community, reflection on my son's solar power things, Dead talking technologies, I've aligned with the stars, not astrology, I've arrived with these scars, I ain't lying king, mine on mining, not minor things.
0: My check, my check.
2: my check, my check. Yeah, we
0: all a good.
1: All right.
0: Another episode of Sit Down with Slim, we got the man of the hour, my dog Ben, what's going on, bro? Cool, how are you? I'm all right, dog. What's How up? you been, man? Living? Shit, you spiffed up. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it is what it is. I'm
2: business right now. You know what I'm saying? You got to put I on see. different different suits for different times. I'm business right see,
0: now. See, I feel crazy because uh, I pulled up and seen you had the suit on. I said, man, I got the goddamn sweatsuit on hey. and I got a bottle of liquor and you hey. ain't want no drink. I was like, damn, dog. Sure. I wouldn't even
2: look at it like that. It's just <laughs> what happened to me?
0: Yeah. But yeah, bro, so. Uh, First thing first, I know you seen the um the interview I did with Snoop, and you actually hit me up after that, and I was like, uh, I was thinking I was like, I hope he didn't take no offense to that because I was just speaking from like my perspective, just you know how I'm thinking or whatever.
2: Yeah, I mean, for me, those types of things are opinions, and I've been working the last four or five years to recognize that opinions are just that. Yeah. Like I feel like, and I'm just being honest. Years ago, I used to be super defensive when anybody say anything, especially when it comes to my craft, but it's like, they just giving their opinion, and if you really look at or listen to somebody's opinion, a lot of times there's some truth within it. Even if it's biased, sometimes it's, it's truth within it. And I think you, had, you talked on a lot of good things as far as the consistency piece, but for me, it was like, okay, I hear them, but I already know that my consistency is different than any artist or rapper in the, our local city. Cause yeah. consistency for them might be putting out a song every week. That's not consistency for me. Consistency for me is putting out music, putting out projects, putting doing events, doing other things. So if I got my rapper hat on, I could do that for a few months. I'd probably get a little bored, to be honest with you.
3: Mm-hmm. Because
2: that's not the thing that's necessarily making the most income. If I know I got an event coming up in six months, I could put my energy to that. For me, that's consistency. Cause that's like Okay, I'm competing with whoever you're talking about in this city or any other city around. I'm competing. for sure, I'm definitely competing, even if a lot of people don't see it. But bigger than just competing, I'm doing other things as well. So that's kind of the way I took your comments.
0: So uh, um, what did you think about the whole listening period, though?
2: I loved it. Of course I loved it. I, I mean, it blew my head up like to the point where it didn't necessarily matter what everybody thought of it. Because I'm the type of person... I'm I'm gonna say I'm an introvert, you know. So for me, it's like, even if people just hated it because I was number one or they saw some other people on there that they just never heard of and thought was trash, Mm -hmm. a few people heard my album. You know what I'm saying? So for me, and I don't even know if Snoop did it like that, but shoot, it helped me because it was like, well, shoot, I got more people listening to the album. And the people that liked it or the people that heard it, majority of them liked it. It was like, man, I ain't never heard of you before.
0: But I kind of liked the the album. Nah, I really did like the album, and that it. was before the whole list thing. Because um, I think Chuck told me you was doing music before, and he played me some uh something you was on, and I was like, oh, uh, Ben can spit, you yeah. know what I'm saying? I was fucking with it, bro. But I appreciate that. the whole the whole comments with the consistency thing is um. Shit, that shit goes for my friends too, bro. Like, I got friends yeah. that do music and I tell them all the time, like, bruh, it's, it's not that I think these other artists are better than you. Yeah. It's just that I feel like these other artists take it more serious than you do. And I know, like... That's not something that people feel like you should tell your friends, but I'm just one of the people that try to be as unbiased as I can and just be as real as I can, bro. Because I want someone to do that for me also. Like if I'm doing something that somebody think is corny or or is cheesy or you know that's not good, right, I right. want you to tell me so I'm not wasting my time.
2: Yeah, no, I think that's needed, and I've I've definitely learned over the years that's the kind of team you want. Because you say friend, I use team more or less because yeah. I try to build friendships and then. Hopefully we go business, but um, so when you said those kind of things, I think of a team player. I love having people around that's super honest,
3: because mm-hmm.
2: if you're not honest, then that's going to make all of us look bad, because if I'm, if I'm out of pocket or I'm doing something that I don't need to do, if somebody don't step up, you get to a certain point, it's like, well, shoot, I'm grown, I'm doing this, whoever see it, see it, but it's like, oh, hold on, bro. You got different eyes on you right now, so you can't can't necessarily... It's not gonna get the right message across if you do it this way. Yeah. So like you saying, that's you need people like that.
3: Mm-hmm. I
2: can't stand people that's just in the way because I feel like people that lie to you all the time are in the way. It's in the way.
0: And then even more than that, like the whole music scene, especially in our area, is just oversaturated as hell. So you're yeah. talking about people getting out the way, that's how I feel, like. If you're not going to be serious about the shit, then you do got to get out of the way. And ever since I made those statements, I feel like you've been consistent as hell. Like, um, the last project you dropped with, what's his right name, Bird Diego? i got You, yep. Yeah. That shit was fire as hell, bro. I appreciate it. That nigga shocked the hell out of me with that damn blonde hair, though. Yeah, <laughs> nah,
2: no, I appreciate it, bro. I was going to do my jank, but he did his, and I was like, that's my guy. Mm-hmm. I still might do mine, too, only because... Well, let's move off the hair thing because I doubt if I even do that. That was cap. That's, that's super cap. I ain't finna do nothing. Um, but you're a little weird with the suit on. With the yeah, fly bruh. <laughs> and I, I kind of feel like this season I might just wear suits because at the end of the day I'm, I'm business right now, like literally. Yeah. Um, but to talk back on that Diego G project, man, that guy, he nice. I didn't even know he could rap like that, bruh, bro. He nice that hey. If I wasn't rapping, I would be his. I would do anything he needed me to do for him to get on, Mm like literally. And I'm rapping, and I'm still, I'm doing everything I can because he's really good. Like, and he has a story to tell. Like, that's pretty much my brother because I've known him since three or four. So just up through the years, just knowing his story and just being excited as a listener to hear the stories that he tells, just. I'm just, I can't wait to y'all to hear the project
0: for real. Yeah, I want to hear it. Uh, I seen, I seen him uh, say something on social media. I think earlier this week, saying that the project was coming. I definitely want to hear what he got to say because you know I don't know him personally, but I heard a lot of stories about him. So I'm like, yeah. I want to hear some of this shit in music. <laughs> yeah,
2: man. Yeah. So I mean, he dope, and I'm just glad we got one off uh, with Bird Eye View um, before he dropped this project. I don't, I don't think nobody gonna be able to get to him after this project drop. I'm just yeah. for real like it. And that's the thing with music in the city and just overall. Like, it literally just takes one song for it to change everything. And I think a lot of us don't realize that, or we know that, but we're not going about it the right way. I'm the type of person shoot, if I know that, I'm going to do my best to make sure what I put out is literally the best that I have at that time. Still not going to try to hold nothing, you know, but at the same time, I'm not going to just flood the streets with sub bars, bars, like, what What are you doing, you know? So I don't know, you know, everybody do their own thing.
0: I wanted to ask you about that because more so than the music, I always look at, like, how the artist is moving. And I wanted to ask you, like, what's your whole, like, marketing plan when, excuse me, your marketing plan that you attack when you're getting ready to drop an album?
2: It changed a little bit. Um, I actually called in... People that help me with the marketing piece of it, um, more recently this time, but previously it used to be put out a single, get people hype about the album, drop the album. Now it's more or less drop the album, have stuff to continue to push in the album. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I I think what was messing me up previously was the fact that you spend all this money before the album to prep people for it, and then you just got the project and that's it. So. I think kind of changing the perspective, what I do for marketing to answer your question now is get a good buy a good uh, solid body of work and then find ways to continually push. Um and so to speak exactly at this moment, we dropped the project in September, we dropped the other project October, November-ish, and now all we doing is just hyping up the event, getting it ready, and that's when we gonna start actually doing the live portion of the album. So it's like, we putting everything in place. The people that's going to attach to it are going to attach to it. But what I'm learning is, you can get fans on five or six different levels, and they might only know you for one little certain piece, but they still consider fans, and I don't think I knew that prior. I was always like, okay, you got to hear this song. If you want to hear me, you got to hear Mirrors, for example. Now it's like, I don't care what you catch, I don't care if it's Jetpack. Wait a minute, I really don't uh what, you know, whatever it is, I just want you to be a part of this journey with me. So marketing now is just putting myself out there, you know, not doing too much.
0: I think when it comes to music, like that's the biggest thing right now is the marketing side of it. Like the other day I was talking to Chef Life Grease and um he told me something interesting because at first I was in the mindset of like what you should do is just flood the streets like the old Lil Wayne, like mm-hmm. just drop some shit like every other week mm-hmm. that's the mindset i had but he gave me an interesting point of view he was like i really got enough music he was like at this point i need i just need somebody to hear it yeah. and i was like that make a lot of sense dog that's why i was actually about the whole marketing yeah. thing
2: but even even bigger than what he said cuz i feel the same way and shout out chef too he, he my guy he, he's a good guy um if we got we most of us in the city have enough music And we are just waiting on that person to hear it. But a step past that is literally creating an opportunity for those people to hear. Mm -hmm. That's why we doing a fashion show, you know what I'm saying, with Crab Legs and Spades. All of my people love Crab Legs and Spades. I'm sure you love Crab Legs and Spades, so it's like, what you got to do is create the opportunity for somebody to accidentally hear your music. Everybody makes music. So, I want you to accidentally hear mine and be like, oh. I didn't know he was doing music. Is that
0: where the events came from? The whole event thing? Literally. That's exactly let's what is. Let's start it. from the beginning. Okay. So, How, uh, how'd you start doing the events?
2: So, as far as the events, um, I was at a position where I was making music and I was realizing everybody around me that was known had merchandise. So, I was mm-hmm. like, well, shoot, I got to figure out this merch thing. Um, so, I started there making t shirts. As far as the shirts, um, I was just kind of just selling them, just put the little name on it and sell it. And then I looked around, I said, well, shoot, I may be able to monetize this. Um, So that's when we did the fashion show. I'm the type of person, if I see something or I come up with an idea, I just have to see it through. That might be my greatest strength or my greatest weakness. Because what I realized after doing that fashion show is people do fashion shows when they got plenty of money and they got plenty of people that's already looking at it. Yeah. A lot of people don't really understand what a fashion show is. A fashion show is to bring awareness to your brand. It's not to make money. And I think the people that do events, they understand this. Most events don't really make money unless you can um consistently do events, which is what I'm sure we all working up towards. So the first event, of course we didn't make any money on it. So the second one we got a little smarter. We decided we should charge the designers so they can bring their designs because in exchange we're giving them the audience so that worked for a minute um we weren't profitable on the second one either What well, we had the breakthrough is where we started using the sponsorships okay sponsorships is the game changer and this is it's really changed my mindset on music on anything i do in business and i really want my people to hear this part these big businesses want to spend money to be in our community or be in whatever community it is to showcase or to be looked at as somebody that's connected with the community. Take, for example, a T-Mobile or somebody like that. They already have money set aside for these types of events. But the thing is you got to be able to tap into that or tell them why they should come to your event. And I feel like that's a lot of times our people don't do that. That's something that we don't really think about. So ever since that third event, we've been profitable, but it's been because of that. And um, regardless how profitable it is, it's still, the profitable piece is not that much. It doesn't matter as much to me now. I care more about being able to mobilize it now. And I think that's going to be my message at least until September. Because I'm about, I'm about 12 months out in my head right now, but at least until September, I'm really leaning into figuring out how to monetize and mobilize these fashion shows that we do. So that, that's really the thought right now, because that's what I wanted to do five years ago. I, my first thought was, okay, we're going to do a fashion show, and then we're going to go to Columbia, South Carolina, we're going to go to Atlanta, we're going to hit all these markets. Five years ago now. So when you have an idea, you have to flesh out that idea and test that idea to see that your idea is not strong enough.
0: So, how do you incorporate the music with the fashion shows?
2: I literally, like last fashion show, I, I I overdid the last fashion show. I literally, that, pretty much my whole album, I um performed it at the fashion show. Like, yeah. <laughs> and I ain't care. I mean, shoot. Cross promotion.
3: I
0: right. don't blame you, dawg. That's how you're supposed to do
2: Yeah, and it's like, okay, tickets were $35. We had about 85, 90 people there. So, if you do the math on it, like, I will take that every time, especially because... I lock people in for two to three hours and they gotta hear my music. Yeah. You're gonna get to see the designers and you're gonna get to see these other things, but you're gonna hear my music. And that's that's the biggest thing. Like people that hear my music, a lot of times they end up liking the music. And I'm just being honest. I'm not saying that any boastful because the the bad side of that or the other side of that is a lot of people just don't hear it because my music is it's in a different, it's in a different space. It's not like some trapped out. I, I just that ain't that ain't me, you know what I'm saying? Even though I can get on those types of beats, I had to realize that's not me, and that that hurt. I ain't going to lie, that hurt. Cause I wanted to get on them beats, and I wanted to eat on them beats, and I still do sometimes, but it's like, in order to get this certain message across, I know that my sound has to be one from top to bottom. Mm-hmm. The beat, my voice, all that has to be one for it to connect how I want it to. And I think in the past, and I don't know if I'm the only person that do this, but... In the past i was doing it for me i wanted me to sound good now i'm doing it for the best way to communicate with the person that i want to touch like i want to create music so they can feel exactly how i need them to feel to do what i need them to do back to the um the uh,
0: fashion shows a little bit Mm -hmm. how do you go about picking the designers for the fashion shows?
2: um man a lot of different ways um hype of course is one of them instagram like just seeing who really buzzing on that, and then also really being tapped in, man. Like if you do fashion long enough, wherever you are, you can kind of, you kind of just see it because it'll just be certain people that you like. I ain't even, I ain't even think they do that, but you got to be tapped in. Um, so what we do now is again utilizing Instagram a lot, using the people that's already been on the. Um, in at our shows is another another great way that we do it, you know, using the people that we already have, but also word of mouth. We get a lot of designers that hit us up as interested in doing it because at this point we are we actually building the platform, though it's very small um, and moving bigger and bigger. We're literally building the platform, and I think that's the biggest difference between um, when people talk about stuff as opposed to when people are actually in the trenches doing the work, because it's like, oh well. You not J. Cole, what are you talking about? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. But uh, the other side of that, it's so it's so many different levels to this, bro. And I I just hope that, you know, hopefully I can inspire somebody to just actually do what they can where they're at. Because a lot of times we try to we try to be the end result at the beginning. You gotta be refined to be that end result. You haven't even tried.
0: Do you um pick the models that model for them or do they bring their own models?
2: We pick we have like in house models. Um, they do have the option to bring their own models as well for additional models. But normally we do uh, audition for the models. Um, and again, we're trying to kind of cultivate um, models that we've worked with over the years and then just add those additional pieces that we need to, to the team. Because, like I said, I'm trying to make this mobile. Mm-hmm. So, for me, in the 12 months that I was talking about, I want to have already hit three other cities by then. Where so I'm gonna need my home base of models to do that. Cause I can't just be picking up, hey, we're just gonna use the model, use this model in somebody else city, not for the whole team, you know. So really trying to build a team basically. Building a team.
0: Do you have your own um um clothing line?
2: Yeah,
3: right, chiefly.
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay. We got
2: our own clothing line, but even with that, and this is what time will do for you. Time tells exactly what you are. I still consider myself a design artist, but I'm learning I don't necessarily have to be the guy that does 30 pieces, 15, 20 pieces, because I can convey that message in one or two pieces and it could really work well with an album. That's what I and I'm just saying this, so if somebody else do this, that's cool. Just know I said it first. I know you may have tried it. Like how they do the bundles where they have the the albums with the the albums with the uh, clothing? Yeah. That piece, I really, I really want to be able to do a collection that goes, that's synced with my clothes. Mm. And I say that to say like, okay, song three is whatever it is, and then you have a piece that goes with song three. Um, so that's something I really want to tap into, and I might not be able to get it this year, but at least by 2021, that's something I want to do. So if somebody do it before me. I just hope it's great quality, um, because I think that'd be a dope idea to whoever get it done first.
0: Which one came first, the music or the clothing line, or did they come at the same time because they're hand in hand?
2: Music for sure. I've been doing music almost ten years, bro.
0: What got you on music though?
2: Uh, needing another avenue. That's really a great question. Um, so I got a scholarship out of college or uh, out of high school to go to a D two school. Got injured when I got up there after my first year. What sport? Football. Okay. Outside linebacker. Um, so when I came back home, the really the only thing I tapped back into, because it was the only thing I had was like the people that I knew from, you know, high school, middle school, those days. So I got back into like doing stuff I don't really need to talk about, you know, selling and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but along with that, I don't know, for whatever reason, whatever trees are, music is. Yeah. <laughs> so, it ended up, I just started just making music too. And, I don't know. So that was a minute ago.
0: I didn't even know you used to play ball. You missed a game? Uh,
2: no, nah, I don't. At all? Not at all. Unfortunately, I don't. I just... I don't Why know. not,
0: though?
2: I think that was the first thing. That was my first love. And... I don't know. I'm just that type of person. Like I, I literally look at it like for what it is. That was my first love, but soon after everything happened, I realized that was never meant for me. The mentality was meant for me, so I still had that killer mentality. But it's just when it comes to business, yeah. F- football wasn't for me, bro. It wasn't. I enjoyed it, and I'm so appreciative because I got you know a great scholarship and was able to you know go somewhere for free and kind of start my education, but just is what it is, man. I'm I'm kind of tapped into how life works in that regard. It just is or it's not. Binary.
0: With all the CTE stuff, would you let your son play football?
2: If he's great, you know, and if he wants to be great in it. Um, That's what
0: T.O. said on The Breakfast Club.
2: Yeah, I mean, and that makes sense, honestly. And I think people that have played the sport will probably feel that way because it's literally two types of people that play football. I'm talking about in high school. Yeah. Everything else, everybody do it. It's the person that can play, the person that can't play. The person that can play, they need to be playing. The person that can't play, well, they there. They probably in JV. In 11th, 12th grade, they probably still playing JV. And that's okay, because maybe that's helping them with their social skills. Mm -hmm. But you could die with football, bro. You, you, You can get really seriously hurt playing football. So I just say, if it's for you, it's for you. If it's not, please stay in the stands.
0: Why is there so many people in high school on the team? I never understood that when I was in high school, though.
2: I think it's more the social piece of it, like the camaraderie, um, kind of giving everybody an opportunity. Cause I know there's plenty of people on my team that it was trash, but it was no <laughs> point of me saying, all right, coach, there's no point. There's no point of you having these people out here. Because That's what I don't
0: get. Why not just cut people and, and knock it down to, like what, 40 or something?
2: Yeah, I mean, you end up having them as practice dummies. And that ain't that ain't no knock at practice dummies right now because you can go from being a practice dummy to being a, the number one player. Yeah, and that's optimism. That's not probably not true. So um, just being positive it, with yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, and I try to be so optimistic in anything. And I think you know the more and more that we connect, you'll see that I'm I'm super optimistic even when it's when you when you see the reality of it. Some yeah, this stuff is just not.
0: All right, so how old were you when you wrote your first rap and what did it sound like?
2: Trash, the answer is the <laughs> second one. First, I was, I think I was like 15. No, I was a little older than that. 17? But it was trash. It was about, um, my shorty was leaving, going off to college and I had just came back from college. So it was like me rapping to her, trying to get her to, this was before we was together, so I was trying to get her uh to wanna date me but she saw it as trash as well so <laughs> did it's she tell trash. you that no nah, not <laughs> until years later it was trash
0: so. do you remember any of the lines did I, it have a hook yes
2: I remember the first line I'm starting something new no that's the only part I remember and it was autotune and I was trying to sing that like I'm starting something new but it was trash like <laughs> top to bottom it was trash like I really wish I'd have just put the pen down there and just not it is and just figure something else out.
0: So what was your first project and what kind of feedback did you get from it?
2: Uh Clean Slate was my first project. I recorded in my house. From the seven to eight people that heard it, I got decent feedback. Um the biggest feedback was you need to be recording in a real studio. And to me, and even hearing that or saying that right now, it's still like that's a good compliment. Like Mm-hmm. If somebody says, "Hey, you need to be recording in a real studio," that means I see that you have talent. You just need to polish it up, you know, get a better sound. But that was the feedback I got. That that was about it. I need to record it in a real studio. It ain't with eight people that heard it. So,
0: when was this? How long ago this was?
2: Uh, a few months after that, what I was telling you about when I first started rapping, mm-hmm. I went to the house. I had some. I had a laptop. I, I don't even know what program I used, and I just. I used industry beats and I just started rapping on them. You know what I'm saying? It was called Clean Slate.
0: You took a small break from music though, right? Until until you put out your most uh recent project?
2: Yeah, that was more just being strategic and realizing um just regrouping. I ain't gonna say strategic because I don't think it was done like before we did it, I don't think we did it to be strategic. It was more or less, all right. I just need to reset because all I'm doing is putting out music that nobody's hearing, and I don't even think it was connecting with the people that was listening to it. Because that's when I was trying to, like I said, trying to find that sound when I was on more, whatever the wave was. I was trying to get on that, so um, that's why I took the break.
0: When you speak of your team, um, who's all on your team?
2: My team. I, you know, I don't speak on it more than that. But (laughs) yeah. Um. I have a I have um, some good people around me in my corner, um, and you know honestly the reason I don't necessarily do it, and I may change as I as I expand and get to a different place, but I have to be super aware like where I am like, you already know Augusta Small like, and yeah. what I've learned to do is accept that me being me holding certain things is really to protect me and our brand as opposed to not wanting to share the love like because i i love sharing the love and i've i've shared the love with y'all niggas for a long time yeah y'all, and y'all showed me y'all cards, so i appreciate it just know i ain't I ain't ain't no backtracking
0: i'm always jealous of people that have a team because as you can see dog i do everything by myself Don't like i jealous. had i had friends that uh said they was going to help me. I told I told this story recently. I didn't know how to I didn't know how to edit videos for nothing. And I was like shooting performance videos for people and I did not know how to sync like the music to the performance scene. Mm. And I had my dog Damo, you know he's a DJ, he knows about uh, BPMs. So I'm thinking he knew how to do it. Dog, we sat in his room for like 12, either 8 to 12 hours one day trying to figure it out. He told me he knew how to do it. We ended up just sitting in here drunk with nothing accomplished. <laughs> and that's when I knew like Slim You just gotta learn everything on your own
2: You do but I say that in saying like I literally did too like yeah. But I think it got to the boiling Point where and that's kind of where that Regrouping came in where I saw and I Spent i say I spent over i say over $20,000 with music You would never know cause it's like You spent $20,000 bro and <laughs> you right here
0: But What was um, your biggest purchase or investment?
2: Mm. It was like just a little stuff over time, but I don't know. I really don't know. Like,
0: Did you buy beats or did you lease them?
2: I used to lease beats and I still kind of do or I work with people that, you know, kind of just have it available and we just do the paperwork, right? But I think a lot of the money just came from consistently spending money on stuff that didn't matter, like on clothes, on, you know... I don't know, like a lot of this stuff just gets ate up, and you just don't even. I remember at one point, and this is crazy. This is like four or five years ago. I ain't with this no more, but um, it was like where SoundCloud, where you can purchase people to listen to your music, or buy what they call buying uh buying views, or all those things. I tried all those things. Really? Hey, yeah, bro. I ain't gonna even lie. I tried all those things, but what I really want to get to the people is none of that really matters.
0: It don't work neither.
2: I don't know if it. I don't know if it doesn't necessarily work because I never purchased enough for it to be like, okay, he they done blown up. Yeah. I would purchase like little amounts, and again, back in the day, I thought it would add additional traction to kind of get it where it's supposed to go, but it never did. Like I'm the type of person, even now, I do it with um, um, where you get the the ads, the advertisement on Facebook and stuff. Mm-hmm. I'll start with a ten dollar advertisement and put it on a certain section. Um, so to give you more specifics, we have a, a t-shirt design workshop that's coming out. Um, I don't know when this will be posted, but it's February 22nd. Um, so I spent $10 on it and I did the subset of parents that are 35 to 60 years old, saw that that did really good. And then I doubled up on that amount. So I basically say that to say when I used to back in the day, think that buying um buying people listening to your music would work. It was up under them same guys. It was okay, if I if I spend this fifty dollars to get a hundred people to listen to my song, they'll tell me where those people are and then I can just target those type of people. That ain't the reality. You do that and out of nowhere you get the people to hear your song, but you don't know where they're from for real. Bro, you hit
0: on some very important uh target marketing through Facebook and Instagram ads. Artists need to get on that for immediately. Sure. I'm oh, glad sure. I'm glad you do it already. A lot of people don't understand how important that is.
2: oh it's that's part of it. The other part of it is um having the budget for it. Mm-hmm. And shoot, this this is the way I kind of run my household, just being honest with you. Because remember I told you I spent a lot of music on music in the past. Mm-hmm. What I've learned is. The the money that I make from my music now, that's the money I get to start with. As opposed to in the past, everything extra that I got, because I used to have a, a super good job back in the day yeah. before I really was in tune with what a job really is. um, I just cared about just having as much money as possible doing whatever slave work I was doing to get it done. Um, So I had to access of money that I could spend on music, now it's to the point where If I'm not making any money on my music, then I'm not pushing it or I'm not at that point putting any extra money towards it unless somebody else is helping me with it or unless I got a a great game plan on where I can put some of my work money into it. And I think that's another place where a lot of us kind of lose ground because it's like, bruh, you cannot put all your music into money. I mean, you cannot put all your money into music
0: yeah you I just, agree. you
2: just can't and you know i just think that come with time really and it comes with more responsibilities because when i had less responsibilities i was spending all the money on the blacks all the weed all the drink all everything else that i saw at the end of the day it doesn't bring um it doesn't have a good roi return mm-hmm. on your investment some things you know are good like Little drink, little tree. I understand that because a lot of times that could help a person get to the next point and kind of help them move through whatever it is that they're doing. And over time, at the end of the day, as long as it's in moderation, anything I feel like is straight. Cause I'm not God, so I don't judge anybody. Yeah. So I feel like anything that can help you get what you're trying to get done, go for it, and don't listen to nobody that says, "Oh, you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't do that, or you won't be successful." I think that's the biggest lie. You can't tell somebody how they're going to be successful.
0: Yeah, kind of like how people try to push uh veganism on everybody. That's so annoying. though. You uh, can't
2: tell people how they're going to be successful. You can't tell people how they're going to be healthy. Now, you can give them the facts and then allow them to build up their own thought. But I feel like with our culture, and when I say culture, I mean our black people, a lot of times what we do is somebody own or somebody will start a narrative and we will allow that to control the way all of us think. We have so many different shapes, colors, sizes, all that within our own community, because I I don't necessarily really speak on any other communities, because I'm focused on mine right now. We cannot allow one person or one group tell us exactly what we need to be doing. We are all individuals. We all are different, and we all bring something to the table, So we just got to stop boxing ourselves into whatever so-and-so done said. Be you. You know what I'm saying?
0: Do you feel like Augusta has that crab in the barrel mentality as far as the whole scene? Because I always hear people say things like, um, only thing Augusta is missing is that one person to break through, but everybody else is probably holding that one person back.
2: Mm, I think there's some truth to that. Um, I'll preface my statement by saying I ain't really tapped into Augusta like that. I I just ain't tapped into it. But I'll say... I do think we need just one artist that we can kind of stand behind to get it started, um, and I think we're doing a good job with It's a few artists that's kind of bubbling up, and I think me as an artist, what I try to do is, if I see somebody that's doing a good job, you know what I'm saying? Give them a thumbs up, share, do what I can, because at the end of the day, I can't get you on, because I ain't on, Yeah. But by the same token, it would make no sense for me to just write a diss or Put hate towards somebody that's trying. I'm never gonna hate on nobody that's trying unless you' trying to get at me. Then mm-hmm. that's that's when you um you know make the mistake. But other than that, I do think we need one person that'll pop. Just being honest, I know it's me. Um, and I say that because I want every artist to feel that way. I feel like every rapper should feel like th- they are the one that's gonna break their city to make it happen. Let's focus on ourselves at this point, like. And that's not to be selfish, that's more or less, you can't put nobody else on if you ain't on. And somebody told me that a while back, and I used to try to put everybody else on, I ain't even on, so I'm going to put some. That's like me giving you $20 and I ain't got 20 to give you, like, yeah. you working backwards. So that's kind of my mindset now, so I say I'm going to be the one that that's going to get on first, and I hope every artist feels the same way, they're going to be the one that get on first. But after we get on... I don't think we have crab in the barrel mentality. I disagree totally. Um, I think it is a lot of support in the city. It's just a matter of nobody outside of the city really seeing that.
0: I ain't shoot. I ain't about to sit here and ask you to make a list. But who's I'm the not. artist? <laughs> who's the artist that you uh, noticed that's bubbling though? Diego G. Diego G. That's the one. That's the PC answer. I got you.
2: <laughs> it's Axiom and Diego G. That's, that's it. it. That's all you focused on right now. That's it. That's literally it, bro. I'm mm-hmm. telling you the future, and I don't even believe in psychics.
0: Yeah, I think um, I think especially rap is, it's like a sport. Like if you approach that sport and you lack confidence, you're going to get injured. Kind of like football. You, exactly. you said you played football before. It's the exactly. same way. Exactly. So in rap, you just gotta have that confidence. If you lack that confidence, you're not going to go anywhere with
2: it. Exactly, I totally agree. Yeah. And just like in football, you got different teams. And at the end of the day, they, you know what I'm saying? They dap it up at the end of the game. Mm -hmm. So if it's another squad or another artist that, you know, again, feels that way, put out great music. Don't come at me. Just put out great music, man. Just do stuff. Just do stuff.
0: Have you ever dealt with any kind of, like, beef uh, through music before?
2: Not close enough for me to feel it. I mean, people would say stuff, but, bro, I'm so ducked off. Like, even in mind state, like, you telling me something over a record ain't changing nothing. Because you still doing what you doing. I'm still doing what I'm yeah. doing. So not close enough for me to care.
0: It's funny, like, um, I don't do music, of course. I do podcasting and stuff. But sometimes I see somebody, like, try to mimic something I'm doing. And I just think it's flattering. But, like, I know other podcasters, they see that and they, like... They're on their necks like, man, I can't believe they're trying to copy what I'm doing and stuff. So I always find it interesting how y'all deal with it in music because I also see people try to mimic things that y'all do.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And I think it's awkward as hell because it's like, that ain't really your style. Yeah. Like Q-Dog, for instance, I don't know him personally, but I noticed like he'll do something and it seemed like a lot of artists in the city start doing it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's not y'all style. Like you got to stay in that lane like you was speaking on earlier about um, you don't really do the trap thing. I appreciate that a lot because I think way too many artists are trap artists and they don't tap into who they really are as an artist. That's why when I heard your music, I can tell it's genuine. Mm. It's some it's, it's music that you really feel because it's who you are. It's not you trying to pretend to be somebody else. And I think the person that's going to get on is the person that's the most unique and the most genuine and that's what it's going to take with the confidence behind it and also the biggest thing is the right business behind it. That's why I like how you started the interview off talking about uh the business behind things cuz a lot of people lack that the I business. Agree.
2: <laughs> I agree um again I agree with all the things you said. I remember at the first part you was talking about uh it was something that you had just said in that rant that you just did. Yeah,
0: I know I I carried on for no, a minute. No, no. I do that it sometimes. Was great
2: though. I'm trying to remember <laughs> that first part cuz you said something that was really important. Before you, start, oh, the flattery part. Yeah. Um. So it works the same. It's crazy. It works the same way in music, but it's the most laughable when it's business. And whoever this company is, I know you are gonna say that you ain't do it because of me. But what I thought was the most funniest is when we first said that we we announced that we're doing a Spades tournament in Crab Ball. A lot of you not a week later, somebody had posted that they doing a Spades tournament, but it was trash. I mean, the flyer was trash. I don't know if the event was good. If the event was good, that's great. But the flyer was trash. I'm just being honest with you. Yeah. Um. And they did it, and it was like two weeks. They did it a week after we announced we was doing the spades tournament, and they had the tournament maybe like a week or two weeks after that date. So it was like, come on now, nobody was even talking about spades. <laughs> Last time somebody announced spades tournament was at the cookout. You know what I'm saying? So I just thought that was hilarious. And when you say um. How you say about the podcast when somebody kind of imitates it, it's even funnier when yeah. it's business because it's like, oh, you gotta be kidding me. Because for us, we put so much time into planning these things to have somebody try to shortstop or, uh, I think I said the right word, short, mm-hmm. kind of shortstop what we're doing is, I mean, it's just like, come on. Like, you didn't even put enough, you didn't even put the proper time in for it to be successful. And I say that. In events in general, and I'm not going to say anything else about it. If you don't put the proper time in it, you yeah, you can do it, and yeah, you might have a... I'll leave it at that. <laughs> sure, though, because, I mean, there's so many people that do events. I don't want somebody to get hit with a stray. But if you do get hit with a stray, just, just get better, because I'm going to get better, too.
0: Yeah. I know as far as the whole event thing goes, um, I've seen firsthand because I've shot events, of course, yeah, yeah. and I noticed that a lot of people aren't organized enough to do those events, and they don't right. understand, like you were saying earlier, about about you know not gaining any money from the first two, and then on the third you figure something out. Some people not willing to take those hits, yeah. <laughs> so sometimes you don't really trip about somebody copying it's, you because exactly. you know they can't do it
2: exactly. And I think that's the biggest thing. And with events, honestly, the whole through line of events is literally continue to do them. That's why I said I the didn't want nobody to thing. get hit with a stray because. At the end of the day, you work so hard on these events, so I never, even more than, because I wouldn't diss nobody on no raps, but even more than raps, I would never diss anybody that do events, because you really putting yourself out on the line, like, because if it's terrible or if it's horrible, that could be the end of your career for real, and I guess the same thing could be said with rap, but it's like, I don't think so, I think you could, you can catch back up, but events, like, man... Man, that's your whole thing. So
0: It sounds like you're passionate about uh, events yeah, too. Yeah,
2: bro. And I think where, where the passion comes from is like what we was talking about earlier. Events give the space and the opportunity for people to hear what I want them there for. It's almost like a, a female. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You don't just go up to her and be like, let me get some. You know what I'm yeah. saying? You give her the space and the opportunity to want some, and then you attack. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. My mentality.
0: How'd you come up with the uh, space tournament?
2: I think it was either me or Diego who just came up with that. Oh, me, me and Diego came up with the idea because it's telling you it's so strategic. When we did bird eye view, we decided that we wanted the bird's eye to be on the playing card, mm-hmm. and we said, okay, to tie it in, we'll have that same playing card be the spades tournament.
0: I like that. Yeah, that so was a good plan. It's
2: always even more than it needs to be at points. We always try to be strategic.
0: So. I want to double back around to the uh, the whole fashion thing. And I always wonder this. What's the difference between a clothing line and someone just doing like a t-shirt business? Because I know a lot of people, like, I had somebody tell me before that they wanted to get into fashion. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, um, design a t-shirt. And they were like, I don't want to be the person selling t-shirts. Mm. So is there like a big difference between the two?
2: It is. And it goes back to what I was talking about as far as like that collection thing, like. I realized a few years ago that I might not necessarily be a designer-designer yet because mm-hmm. a designer-designer does the cut and sew. A great example would be Clash United, that album. He does a great job at like doing the stitching, doing the custom things like that, all these other guys that guys and girls that do that. That is what I would consider like a clothing collection as far as design. Doing the t-shirts, that was... Pretty much kind of how I started, and all you're doing on that is just a graphic designer, because you're not creating a t-shirt, you're just creating what's on the t-shirt. Mm-hmm. But uh, even as you look at somebody like Nike, they do have a lot of t-shirts, but they also have other pieces that make them more of a, I would say a designer, or they have designers on their team. Does that um, make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, okay.
0: You actually, yeah, because I, I, I've i been wondering that for a minute. And I also was wondering because I follow a lot of YouTubers that sell t-shirts, and I know that's very profitable. So it I always is. wonder, like, is the whole fashion realm profitable, like being a designer?
2: I, well, it's two things, and I'm glad you brought that question up because as you look on YouTube and you see people making all these uh, t-shirts and selling them for profit, That's really what I want to tap in with the youth. That's why we're having a t-shirt design class for the kids. Mm -hmm. I'm literally telling them, giving them the opportunity to create a logo and use that logo to sell t-shirts, because you know their parents and all them going to buy it and literally keep that money. So I'm teaching them entrepreneurship in a way where it's like, y'all kids can tap into this early. 7 to 12 year olds, it's going to be amazing when you know, they making $500, 600 off their designs and just just making the money, like, flourishing. So for mm-hmm. me, it's like, you're exactly right. They do have stuff like that on YouTube. What we have to do a better job at in our community, I feel, is giving that free game that they putting on YouTube to the kids. Cause Some of this stuff, I mean, we could do it, but it just ain't the same with them kids because they, they got a whole nother view on it. I I realize that the way I am now, I'm kind of locked into certain things. Like I, I want something to be this certain way. Them young minds are impressionable. So if you give them an idea, they'll have a whole nother like a whole nother thought on it. And if they be tapped in because it be their friends and, you know, their parents and stuff gonna support it either way. But their friends is the main ones that start these trends anyways. They be on TikTok and stuff. So it's like that's who you gotta get a game to. And
0: also, like you think about when we was kids, well, I know me personally, I didn't really have anyone to talk to me about things like that. Cause I remember like, now I look back at it, I always was an entrepreneur and didn't even fucking know it. Like I was a little kid selling candy, then I went from selling candy to selling goddamn weed and shit. So I always had the mentality, I just didn't know like, it never crossed my mind like, hey Slim, you walking around here with this red camera, you should start a YouTube channel. And Mm. if I was like, 16 17 years old instead of selling weed i was playing with this camera and learning how to like edit videos ain't no telling where i would have been so that's That's why it's important someone like you talking to the kids and showing them that because if somebody would have showed me that i know for a fact. I definitely would have jumped on that, like selling T-shirts. Yeah, bro. Me personally, I just think selling T-shirts isn't that hard because when I first started podcasting, I noticed that I had gained a little following real quick, mm-hmm. and I had purchased like twenty T-shirts and sold out of them in the first day. Yeah, and my stupid ass never did it again too.
2: <laughs> but you you always most successful when you new into a space. Yeah, because people people want to be a part of that newness of it. Yeah, and they're and- interested in it. And so, when you do it over time, like you can get back to that success, but it's it's more difficult because people are used to you rapping or they used to you doing fashion shows. They, yeah. I've seen that already. You did that last year, year before that. But when you're new into something, and that's another reason why I'm super excited about teaching these kids because it's like this might not be their logo that they end up using five or six years down the road, but this could spark their logo and spark their opportunity in. I'm just tired of that same narrative, bro. I'm tired of that same narrative of the ones that make it out are the ones that were just good enough to do with what they had to make it out. Mm-hmm. Let's give these kids a better opportunity with the tools that we got. Parents, if y'all going to be too lazy to use the tools that we got, at least show your kids about the tools. Let them soak up the knowledge and let them be great. Don't stop nobody from being great, especially your own kids, bro. I
0: think so too, dog. Um It always starts with the kids also. You know that's the seed that you gotta water, mm-hmm. and most people don't take the time to try to water that seed, I know especially like in our community, we were talking about uh black folks in general um it seems like they're always pushing their kids towards sports and stuff like that like I like um, I remember when we was young, I knew somebody that that was good at football but also wanted to play band and he'd rather had you know been good at the instrument, but his dad kind of forced him into the football thing, and I never Mm -hmm. understood that. I was like, why not just let kids do what they're passionate about?
2: Yeah. I I think some of it, as being a parent, I think some of it kind of comes out of fear, too. Because you're like, hey, I want my kid to be at least as good as me. Yeah. And shoot. Or the fear could be, I I did that. I can't see my son or my daughter being able to do that and accomplish it, so I'm going to just tell them not to do it. That's the only thing I could. Looking at it as a parent, not letting your kid do what they want to do, the only thing I could see is is fear.
0: Kind of like the D Wade situation. I did a, a video speaking about it, and you know, all my friends think I'm weird as hell. They like, you know, we grew up in a very homophobic time, so when they hear me say things like, you know, I don't really trip about stuff like that, they like, oh, nah, you uh trying to be politically correct because you know you got a little following now. I'm like, nah, it ain't got nothing to do with a following, like. I just believe that. I feel like I feel like our parents didn't have the information that we had, so they made a lot of mistakes that we don't have to make now. Yeah. Especially when it comes to kids, like if you know your kid is different and and your kid wants to be like this, it's best to just support them because just just because your kid didn't grow up like you and didn't have the same upbringing and wasn't interested in the same things you was interested in, doesn't mean he can't be successful in another, uh, another way. You just have to educate yourself on the way he wants to be successful
2: yeah that's and I didn't even really see that story like to kind of give an opinion on it, but again, I think the through line is making sure that you're doing everything you can to see others do good too like if you if you can focus on yourself and being the best version of yourself, that comes with not dragging anybody else down to your misery or not mm-hmm. dragging anybody else down to what you got going on. That's why I said with the with, when it comes to the other artists, man, shoot if I see something, nah, I ain't finna like trash. But if it's you know what I'm saying, half decent, great, I'ma at least give you a like. I'ma at least give you a heart. You know what I'm saying? Try to yeah. share it a little bit or at least share it with my community, cause it's like at the end of the day, bruh, it's no point of us dragging one another down. We it's already tough enough just to be us. It's already tough enough.
0: Um, do you feel like artists don't share other artists' music? Or the sole purpose of competition? Fear, yeah. It's fear of somebody fear. being better than them. Yeah,
2: that's just fear. Like that's the only way I could see it. Um, and I ain't gonna lie. It's it's been in. Of course, we all nobody's perfect. It's been times years ago where I'll kind of see something and be like, I ain't gonna. I'm just gonna scroll past that. But I realized that was still out of fear. Like that was out of fear of somebody else knowing that I saw what they got going on. That's it. Like like if you if you pass another podcaster uh, and you watch the whole video, in your mind you have a whole opinion about it, but you don't even like it or dislike it or whatever you thought about it. If you don't do that, I mean it's kinda of pointless. Now disliking there ain't no point of doing that. But if you like it, there's no point of not just hitting that button. Like, why not? Like literally that's gotta be fear that will stop you from pushing the button to Further, somebody else that's doing exactly what you're doing because you know exactly what it takes to do what you're doing. So, if you see them doing it and doing a good job, man, you're working backwards if you don't like it. And you like it. That's backwards.
0: No, I've been hearing a lot lately that people, friends having a lack of support for them, been ending their relationships with them.
2: <laughs> that's fear, too. Why you say that? Because, man, I don't even, I'm at a point now where I don't even expect my friends to support me. You ain't mm. got to support me. Because the reality is, with paid advertisement, that's you can literally build your whole thing up with paid advertisement. But as far as that support piece, let's say with this podcast thing, if you wasn't a podcaster prior to it, why are you mad at somebody for, now that you're a podcaster, expecting them to support you? They don't have to. But let me say this, I don't have friends. I don't have a lot of friends. So that's probably why that's coming out like that, because it might have been people in my past that didn't support me. But at the end of the day, I'm a business person. So if we can't rock long enough for you to see the ups and downs of the business and still kind of be around and help me mentally, we ain't going to be friends anyway. So maybe that's why I answer that question like that, because that's really all it is. Like, even in the Bible, it talks about work, literally. So I feel like that's what we were made to do, work.
0: Were you always an entrepreneur or did you just pick it up along the way?
2: I think I picked it up because um, I was more like just worker, uh, even growing up. I used to do all, all as much as I can around the house.
0: Yeah, you spoke about um. I didn't mean to cut you off, but you spoke about um how you had a job that was very lucrative, and you figured out that that was the mentality of like you know working without a cause. Slave mentality. Cause yeah, you get what got bonded. you there?
2: You get um. What got me there is having real stuff go on in the background. Um, but you get so caught up in the benefits that that you get and the money that you get that it's like when something real happens. You just kind of anticipate that, okay, let's say they put in the money and the benefits in your pocket every month. If something occurs, you anticipate that they're going to get that same energy that they gave you with those monies and the benefits to your situation that happens. But the reality is you get the benefits and all those monies to overcompensate for the reality that if something really does happen, that sounds crazy. And I I ain't going to talk about it, but something real does happen, they're not going to be there to support that. Because if I give you enough to drink, if I know it takes this much for you to be gone for the night and I give you this much of a bottle, then I already know you'll never get down to that point. So if I know that, then I will. you would never want more from me because you anticipate that, hey, I'm not going to need more than this bottle. I know I'm only going to need two-thirds of this bottle for real. But when... Something really does happen and you need that whole bottle. If I ain't got nothing else after you, but I told you at the beginning, I got you. Whatever you need, I got you. Uh-huh. And you actually end up needing more than I anticipated giving you. And then I show my card. That's, I'm big on that. As soon as somebody show me my card or show their card, perfect. Thank you.
0: I think you articulated a totally different way than I do. Like, cause I say the same exact thing you say. I just say it differently. Like I tell people all the time, like your employer doesn't give a fuck about you. Yeah, they truly don't. Like, and you can tell, cause like when you get sick, um, they might mess around and fire you. You yeah. just never know. It just depends what's what's the situation and how it's going.
2: I always try to make mine like colorful, like more colorful, cause the reality optimistic, is optimistic. That, that's what you said. Yeah, I mean, and it's optimism, but also I be trying to like create songs and. I would love to have this interview
0: and be like, oh, I could use that in a song, but I don't know if I can. But, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Life just isn't like all butterflies and, and uh, raindrops. And me personally, I think you spoke on it um, earlier. I used to feel like anybody could be an entrepreneur, I could work for themselves. But as I started to get older, I realized like it's not likely that's true. Mm-mm. I had a podcast, I think I put out this week. Was it this week or last week? I don't know, depending on when I put this one out. But um, I used to work with a guy that actually got me into entrepreneurship. And he told me the most important thing I had ever heard. He was like, uh, Slim, you keep trying to put all your friends on this business that you're into and you don't understand that someone has to flip the burger. And when he said that, I instantly, and it's going to be like my third podcast in a row saying this. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> when he said that, I instantly got locked in and I was like, you know, everybody can't do that because they just don't have that mind frame. Like, you saying that, saying like, well, I used to have um, a job that I made a lot of money, but, well, I'm not going to put words in your mouth, but you probably felt like it wasn't satisfying, though. It was about more than the money, right? Right. right. Yeah, because I feel the same way. Like, I used to make a lot of money, and now I make way less money, but I'm not happy because I don't think I'll be happy enough. I -hmm. mean, excuse me, I don't think I'll ever be happy just because I'm one of them type people that, like, always try to one-up myself. right? But, you know, that's just what comes with being an entrepreneur, though. Yeah. I don't know if you go through that also.
2: I do. I mean, I definitely do uh, go through that where I'm trying to just become a better version of myself because I feel like we all should be doing that. Mm-hmm. But to your point when you were saying um, everybody don't have it in them, that's a tough reality because it, yeah. it's, like, it's like the conspiracy theory. Like, And I'm not even on this no more, but I used to be one of those big people that You should just sit up for days and (laughs) figure it out. And you know, I hate conspiracy theories. Yeah, well, I kind of hate them now too because it's like you're wasting time. Yeah. I I would be the one that does that. And then I would tell all my friends, like, you know, this is this and you know this and that. And they're just, we really don't care. I think the same thing is like with entrepreneurship. Like, if you tapped into it and you kind of already had it in your DNA, then you can be great at it. Mm -hmm. Just like conspiracy theories, they can be great at that if they continue to get that information. And everybody ain't trying to get that information. Yeah. So it's like, it is what
0: it is, bro. And people don't understand that there's nothing wrong with having a nine to five and being passionate about that also. Everybody doesn't have to be an entrepreneur. But at the same time, I don't think you should waste a lot of time. I was having a conversation with somebody today, and I was telling them, I was like, you know, when I was younger, I felt like I wasted a lot of time. Like, I would go to school, I would make decent grades, and I'd get out of school and just get drunk every day and mess with girls I ain't had no business messing with. Mm-hmm. And now it's like I look I look back at that and regret that. So when I see other people that's, like, older than me and and I'm thinking, like, bro, you go to work every day and you leave work and you just hang out all night. Like, you wasting your time. Why not want something more? I seen an interview with uh 50 Cent recently. And, you know, 50 Cent from New York, so he real cocky and arrogant. Mm-hmm. But what he said made sense, like, perfectly good sense. He was like, I'm not going to hang around somebody that don't want nothing. He was like, bro, you got to at least want a car. He was like, I know that's materialistic, but... At the end of the day, it's like he wants some, since he yeah. wants that car, it's going to make him do something right, and it, bro I don't, I don't understand why people don't want anything.
2: <laughs> well, I mean and for me, I'm with the, because we're entrepreneurship, of course, I agree with you. yeah, but by the same token, I learned that it's no point of you know even thinking about why other people tick outside of myself. The only only people I want to get in the minds of is the potential people that's going to hear my music. And that mm-hmm. might sound super selfish, but that's my end user. So I want whatever they like and whatever they got going on, I wanna tap into what they thinking about so I can figure out how to get my music in front of them. So somebody that's not doing nothing probably ain't gonna really vibe with my music anyways, because all I talk about is doing it, actually getting it done and the stories behind how I did it. So to that point, for those people that just sit around and not do nothing, it's like what well, shoot. I ain't finna focus on them anyway, because they ain't yeah. trying to do nothing. It's like it's, I'm losing ground trying to focus on picking you up out of depression. I'm going to give you what you need to get out of depression, but it's up to you to get out of it. And I don't even know why I brought up depression because I, I didn't necessarily want to talk about that. But as somebody that's dealt with that, the only way you're going to get out of depression is if, one, you accept that you may have depression, and then, two, do everything you can to become a better you each and every day. And that's it. I know and I know it's a lot of other things and I don't want to get too deep into it, but for me, I had to recognize that I was going through something mentally and then accept that I could be a better person. And I'm gonna delete that.
0: Yeah. Um yeah, that was some words right there. But I want you to give a artist a secret on how to get their music heard. Cause I think a lot of artists don't understand that. And I can tell like just by me talking to you for this time, you actually get that.
2: Uh, secret to get your music heard. Find another way to get your music heard. Like, literally reverse engineer your music being heard. That that would be my secret. Like, don't make it as simple as, I got this song, I want you to hear it. Figure out a way for, and I guess I don't know, I always look at things like this. I want to figure out a way to get you super comfortable so you can accidentally hear it. That's just the way I look at it. So find a way to accident, for somebody to accidentally play your music. I don't know if that's helpful, but the person that's creative will get what I'm saying. Like You don't have to tell nobody to just look at your music. You could play music in a commercial that you're doing. You could play music in something else that you got going on, but be, be creative with it, because everybody does music. Everybody does music right now, literally. Slim said he was going to drop a project next week, so it's literally like, at this point, everybody has an album.
0: Yeah, I think I said that on on Facebook not too long ago. I was oh, like,
2: I was "Cap, I I didn't know you." Nah, jokes. I did. I said that for
0: real because I was joking with Lucci, and I was like, "I was like, yeah, I might as well drop a project." But you know, like you said earlier, there's always a little bit of truth uh, into it. Yeah. And I was saying that because, like, all right, I got a couple friends, bro, literally two, and they take this music thing as a joke. Like they literally say things like, "Oh, only difference between me and other people is they take it seriously and they put it out to the world me i'm I'm more passionate about my music, so I don't put it out because I don't have to monetize something I'm passionate about and I don't like that like- uh Snoop, for instance, I know Snoop said something that I disagree with on the um podcast that me and him did. He was talking about how uh music is nothing but an expensive hobby, and I completely disagree with that. I feel like you know. No matter what business that you do, if it's music, because music is a business, you should be passionate about it, and you should always want to um, expand your business, get your business up. It shouldn't just be an expensive hobby, because if that's the case, then why are you throwing all this money away?
2: What what, what part didn't you agree with?
0: What about the music being, yeah. being an expensive uh, look, hobby? Looking
2: under the lens of QC, what what is the piece that you don't agree with?
0: Um, What you mean?
2: So if we're looking at it through the lens of P and Coach.
0: Okay, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Quality like control.
2: Them, they pay a lot of money to get a hobby. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, it's just it's words. Mm-hmm. They pay a lot of money to monetize words. Looking at it from them those lenses, breaking down what Snoop said. Because you got to remember, Snoop is a thinker. He's he's more strategic than me. And I don't think nobody else is more Well, my brother is. But when I hear that from Snoop, The first thing I hear is the hobby part. Mm -hmm. What's the hobby? What's one of your hobbies?
0: Um, right now, a bad hobby or just any?
2: Just any. I
0: smoke. I smoke a lot of cigars right now.
2: Okay. Uh, I don't know if that'll be the best (laughs) But (laughs) I'm in a different place right now. Understood. uh, Understood. What I tried to to get across as far as the hobby piece is, a hobby is something that you would do regardless if you're getting money off it or not. Yeah, correct. So breaking down what Snoop said, that hobby piece with us, music is a hobby. I mean, it's some even if I never get paid for music, um, going forward, I would still do it. The expensive part comes; it literally is expensive to get your music out. Mm-hmm. So when he says music is nothing but an expensive hobby, that to me means hobby, which is something you would do regardless. That's expensive. That's literally. I mean, I, he literally broke down what music is. Nah, but so here's- What's here's, the context? Maybe I didn't hear Yeah, that. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't even remember why we even got to that, me and Snoop. But for me, how I took it was more so along the lines of, yes, it can be an expensive hobby. Like, you can enjoy doing yoga and- you, You take yoga classes and they're charging you $20 a class and you go three times a week. Mm -hmm. You know, that would be an expensive hobby and that's fine. But as far as the music thing, I think it would be different from the yoga thing because it's like you pay X amount of money for studio time. You pay X amount of money for beats and like my friend, for example, that I was speaking of, Mm -hmm. but you don't put it out. You don't want nobody else to see it. I just feel like as far as art goes also I think that's selfish then on top of that like why not want to be the best at what you do like we get into these little debates all the time me and my friends cuz they say something like I would be happy having the success of a currency and Currency one of my favorite rappers mm-hmm. but I'm like I'm pretty sure Currency wanted to be Drake before he right. wanted to be cold Talk but you man. know he got into the game and he seen like where his where his stock value was and he was like you know I'll be good right here that's understandable, yeah. but I know for a fact, Currency wouldn't say he want to be the best rapper, nor does he think he's not the best rapper. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying?
2: Yeah. Well, to speak back on that uh, Snoop point, and then I'll go to what you were just saying, even with your look on it, mm-hmm. that's still the same thing, because literally the marketing is the most expensive part of music. Yeah. Well, I say marketing, and then, and like the the recording, getting the, the beats and all that crazy stuff, the business is the main part of music. Mm-hmm. So... Again, when I hear something like that from Snoop, I hear hobby is the music part and expensive is the business part. So if you'd have said it backwards or the other way, it would have been music business. If if that makes sense, what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm following you. So for me, I totally get it. And so I get that part. And then going back to the other thing that you said, as far as your friends that kind of just play around with music, I've gotten to a place now where I can't play around with music. It's it's to my detriment only if I was to play around with music because I understand now that my words are powerful because I have had people that said listening to your music helps me. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's a different you artists out there that's that have had somebody tell them that, I think it takes you to a different place and it gives you a different respect for what you're doing. Like if I know that somebody gonna listen to my words hard enough to help them get through their day. It's no way that I'm finna be lazy, because I know just like it's one person, it might be a million people that feel that same way. But the only way that they gonna get to that is if I put this money behind it. So for me, that's I think that's super lazy if you if your main goal is just to make music. I think that's lazy, I think that's backwards, and I think you shouldn't be in the music business. There's no point of you being in the music business if you're not trying to if you know that you can be successful and you're not trying to, you know. Put your mind towards
0: being successful. All right. So I want to ask you about something. And I'm not just going to talk about, like, just pinpoint one person. I'm just speaking okay. in general. So someone that goes to a studio because they know somebody with a studio, records a song, you know, they take a beat that they pulled off of YouTube, records that song, Um, don't get the song mixed and mastered, and then they sh- they they call a, a local videographer that charges like $100 and and gets that gets that video shot do you classify them as an artist
2: yeah i mean that's your art yeah i don't i don't i don't like to put a money value on art like i don't like to say oh you should have did this the right way cuz i've been that person like i've like i told you like 5 or 6 years ago i i used to do anything to get more people to listen to my music mhm so is I would never not say that that person an artist. I would just say that that person is at more of the starting point um, because it's a few things that you would want to do. You would first want to go through like a distro kid or something like that. Um, and if you're going to go on a distro kid, you're going to want to get your song mixed and mastered that way that people hear the best version of it. So I think, again, that goes back to the business. If you're better at business, you take those steps that seem daunting and seem very boring. But those that's what's the difference between somebody that's just gonna create music rapidly all the time and somebody that's trying to really do something with the music, I feel like. Do
0: that's... you think those type of people in the way though?
2: Nah, not really. Cause somebody like that may end up being a ghostwriter after ten years. After you see that. Hey, I just wasn't able to put the money in, so hey. But my lyrics was dope. You know what I'm saying? Even, even with this dry beat, you know what I'm saying? My lyrics was dope. So, I don't know, man. I, tr- it's people that get in the way. But as long as it's pure intent, I don't, I don't think people are necessarily because we talked about that earlier. As far as like being in the way, mm-hmm. as long as there's pure intent, I'm cool with it. Like if somebody gives their best effort to be good to me, and I'm being giving my best effort to be good to them, and something happens. I'm straight with it, but I'm also the same person that if that's the case, I'm cutting you off and probably ain't giving you a second chance.
0: Yeah, I I definitely think you was right about you being more more optimistic and I might be more pessimistic because yeah. I be on some shit like, nah, y'all is in a way. Me, I just I just don't like somebody that's not passionate about what they do and don't have that that drive to want to be the best. Yeah. be the best for them. I'm not even saying like as far as like, you know, you uh you said earlier the mamba mentality. Not even like to feel like you have to be the number one player or or rapper of all times, but to just want to be the best you. I don't understand like shooting to be mediocre.
2: Well, I'll just say this to that point. For me it's like uh on the bench lifting weights. Anything that I'm saying that could be telling or judging somebody else and mm-hmm. adding weights to me. So that's why I'm super optimistic because I'm going to give my purest intent and I'm going to be super honest and transparent to you. If you show your hand and cool, I'll cut you off. But outside of that, I'm going to support you and cheer you on. Like I'm your biggest fan. Yeah. Even if I'm not necessarily in that position. And even if I do hear you saying stuff that I know is working backwards, I'm going to tell you the truth or my truth, but... I don't think, um, even kind of looking back over the last two or three years, I don't think I'm the person that's going to be like, I can't really rock with you because of how you doing things. And maybe that is just optimism. It's like, I make sure that I'm not close enough to anybody like that for them to matter.
0: <laughs> yeah, I feel you. Like, I, don't, I don't even blame you for
2: that. So I think that's the difference. That's... But then you can be optimistic. Because it's like, shoot, you could be super optimistic if you know you're not going to be close enough to nobody... That does those type of things, anyways. It's like, okay, if I got four or five, because it, it sounds like you keep saying friends. If I got four or five friends that have that mindset, then that right there is adding weight to you, because mm-hmm. you're trying to carry them to push them to do be a better them. You know how to do that?
0: Nah, my main friend that does that, and I, I say it on here. My dog Domo, I talk about him on my podcast a lot. Um, he does that shit a lot. Like he called me today and was like. Slim, these niggas can't rap with me, bruh. And he just started rapping. He can freestyle, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But it's like, he don't take nothing in life serious. So I'm like, bruh, I don't want to hear that. Yeah. (laughs) And I just, you know, it's kind of just discouraging for me. Like, bruh, put you in a bad mindset.
2: Yeah, and and I'm not going to speak on, you know, friendships or anything like that. But to my point earlier, that's why I don't really have friends. Because I would say 70 to 80% of the people that exist are like that. But they' supposed to be like that because they' supposed to listen to to me and Drake and J. Cole to feel better about themselves.
0: So what you call the people that you work with and you interact with? Bosses. Okay. That's
2: they don't have to. The they way. don't have to be a boss rapper. They could be a boss, whatever it is. Like literally, I want to only operate with kings and bosses and queens, of course. Because I'm gonna be honest with y'all, a lot of these women work way harder than men, and, then, and you probably already know that.
0: Yeah, let's speak about that a little bit because I was talking to somebody about it earlier today. I was like, it's crazy Like when the average person sits down and I want the people listening to like think about this a little bit. When you sit down and think about it, think of your friends and where your friends are in life. Most of them probably ain't got a car, probably ain't got their own crib. You know what I'm saying? They probably ain't got no five-year plan. But think about all the women you either deal with or that you know of. Like me yeah. personally, most of the women that, that I know, have their own shit. Mm-hmm. They probably got a degree. They probably got a career. They probably got, you know, a business on the side that they're trying to grow. But then you think about a lot of men that you that you know personally or that you know of and it's kind of like, why are we lacking in that department?
2: Yeah, I, I I sum it up by saying, and again, I can't speak for everybody because of, of course it's, it's females out there that act like niggas anyways. But I found that men like to compete Women like to either collaborate or become solo or independent, as to say. Mm-hmm. So, just from that lens of looking at if I got four or five friends on some level, they trying to compete with me because they ain't light skinned like I am, or they yeah, ain't, yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? All these different things for a female, they might cut up about that, but they don't really care about that stuff because they find their beauty within themselves. And I think they, I feel like women just do a overall better job at that, and they also more organized. You, you can kill anybody if you got if you organize enough. You can kill anybody if you organize enough.
0: Um, I seen that my dog Main here podcaster around here. He was doing a podcast with a young lady that owns the Augusta brand. You heard of it?
2: Yeah, shout out to her. Well, I've I didn't um hear of I don't I don't know that piece, but I know the Augusta yeah, yeah
0: yeah yeah yeah. But um, she was talking on the podcast, and I was just recording it because you know I do video work and i was just listening to her talk and i was noticing how organized she was and you know i was like a lot of us aren't organized like that but me me personally organization doesn't work for me like that mm-hmm. like i'm more so like a like a free-going person like everything structure like messes me up mentally but it's still amazing to see like someone that's just super organized know exactly where they want to go know how they want to do it and you rarely see people like that and it's crazy that when i do see people like that you're right mostly it's it's a woman
2: yeah I mean, it trips me out. That's most of manifesting. So to manifest something, you have to already have it in your head at least. Hopefully you have it on a sheet of paper, but you know, and I think you brought up a good point. Shout out Damo Domo because he's a cool guy because you know, I know Domo as well, but yeah. even to that point, you said he's great at freestyling. A lot of people are great at freestyling in general, whether it's in their business, whether it's their podcast, whatever it is, but that's all they're doing. There's never more to it. So to become great in something, I feel like you have to speak it, say it enough to make you want to write it down. And then after writing it down, be disciplined enough to execute what you wrote down. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like a lot of times men get caught at that first part because we want to play Call of Duty, a Madden. And again, <laughs> some females do it as well, but at a certain point, it's you have to recognize that if you don't get it done as a man, if you don't get it done, it doesn't get done in the household. Cause Are you I you not want person? Be, somewhat. I'm, I'm becoming better at it, but I'm organized enough to write down information. I use Google Docs. I kill Google Docs because with Google Docs you can type up something, and then if you gotta go, it's still on there because it's still online. So I'll tell anybody that's trying to get more organized: use Google Google Docs or write it down and just start somewhere. But I'm yeah. no, I'm not super organized. I have like a five year plan, yeah, but that's mostly because you know. I got a kid and I <laughs> I literally want to be able to do certain things in his life and Yeah. I, I'm decent. But.
0: I don't know. I think I think me personally it just depends on what you would call decent cuz me I like I told you I can't wake up and do the same thing every day. Yeah. Like I just I just got to have some wiggle room.
2: <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, but within that um I heard so many things and I don't even do this, but they said as soon as you wake up, you're supposed to write down stuff. Either mm-hmm. what you dreamed or uh, what you kinda want to accomplish that day. Even something like that makes a person more organized. I don't do that necessarily, but really just writing stuff down, I feel like makes it more organized than just freestyling life. Yeah. Because you get to a certain point where it's like, okay, you just existing. You getting things done, but you just existing. And you know, this this is the thing. A lot of times you can still accomplish a lot. Just by doing what you're doing. Just by creating, you can accomplish a lot. But you may be able, may be able to accomplish more if you're organized in what you're creating to accomplish it.
1: Prime example that. will be that event
2: that we got at April 18th. Make sure y'all come out. Um, it's going to be spades, crab legs at Savannah Rapids. If you looking at something like that, it's like, okay, we planned it for April, cool. So now we know that exists. That's a that's this cup that that already exists. So regardless what happens right here, we know that that's gonna happen. Then that that forces you because by March it's like well shoot where's everything at? So that forces you to pinpoint everything else. That's why I like doing events. That's I like having something to to look out for. And when you were saying you don't like waking up and doing the same thing, maybe events is something you want to get into. Are you know. I don't know if it'll be events, but try something different that kind of mix it up within there. Because yeah. events for me, it makes me structure everything else because I like to reverse engineer. If I know this is April 18th, what I have to have to make sure that this is the best thing. So it is something new for me all the time. Yeah, uh.
0: That's how I feel also. I always like reference this Powerpuff Girl episode. <laughs> it's this episode of Powerpuff Girls where a villain, he wakes up and does the same thing every day. He wakes up, he makes his breakfast, he goes to the factory, he leaves the factory, he feeds his cat and they just keep showing him doing the same thing every day then one day he just flips out and wants to become a super villain because he hates his life. Mm. I was a kid when I seen that because my baby brother loved that show and I was real young too. I think I was like 10. Yeah. And um, I always think about that though and I only seen it that one time but I always think about it because I thought about it. I was like, You can live a life, and you can make as much money as you want, and you still won't be quote-unquote happy, because I don't even believe in happiness.
2: Yeah, bro. You got to get it together. Nah,
0: Nah, like- Why you don't believe in happiness? (laughs) Bro, hear me out, bro. Hear me out. This is why I don't believe in like- I'm talking about just for me. I'm not saying for overall people. Just for me.
2: So you don't believe it exists, or you don't believe you could be happy?
0: I don't believe I could be like happy.
2: Oh, okay. So you believe it exists. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I believe some people are definitely happy. Like,
2: Why don't you believe you can be happy?
0: Oh, because I'm not a complacent person. I'm always like, I'm always trying to like one up on something. Like, okay, of course I'm into podcasts, so all I do is listen to podcasts every day, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Joe Rogan had I forgot the fighter's name. It's a UFC fighter. His name is Brendan something. I forgot his name. And um he's a podcaster also now and and a comedian. But he was talking about how him and his wife were trying to get this dream house. Mm -hmm. They really wanted this dream house. He finally got his money right. Everything was going. He stopped fighting. You know, he started doing these shows. He started his podcast, Money Flowing, Money Coming In. They purchased a dream house. He said, the day they moved into the dream house, they were sitting in the living room. He was on his laptop, and he was looking at other houses. And his wife was like, why are you looking at houses? And he was like, oh, I just, you know, I'm just trying to see what else is out there. And Mm -hmm. then that's when Rogan said, he was like, no, I completely understand, because he was like, people like us, like, we want to keep going. Like we're never just happy and satisfied. We want to keep going, and that's the type of person I am, bro. Like I remember when I was young, all I wanted was a sports car. I don't have like five of them now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's like every time I get something, I'm just gonna want to keep going with that. So that's why I know like I'll never be content. I'll, I'll, uh, excuse me. I'll never be happy. I'll be happy for the moment. Happiness is just momentarily to me. Well, like I'm happy for that moment.
2: I think you kind of summed up and. um why that is within this podcast, I think it's two reasons. The first reason is because how you were saying how you feel about pushing others and like having others around you, um, regardless if they up or they down, you just you try to however you feel about that. Yeah. And then the second part of it is you never feeling fulfilled or happy. What I think would make that change happen for you. Is if you could find happiness within others, like maybe, cause you sound like a boss to me as far as just listening to you. Cause I get super excited when I hire somebody new for to help with the fashion show or the models, and they do a great job. Mm-hmm. I get happiness from that as opposed to me doing a good job on this ad, of course. Cause I'm optimistic, I get happy about that as well. But maybe you would get happy helping others or seeing others do great, and. Maybe you can answer this. When you help somebody else do something that they get excited about, do you get happy then?
0: Yeah, for sure. I think the last podcast I did was with a podcaster. And he was telling me how he watches my Instagram because he likes when I, you know, give like tips on my Instagram. And he was like, I started doing the videos because you put out a video on YouTube talking about how all creators need to show their face more and, you know, uh, have that confidence on the camera. And I feel good about that. I like that's really why I do it.
2: You do get happy, and the reason I was so able, easily able to connect to that because I feel like that's what we all put on this earth for. Yeah, like, me too. To Every us. man got to have a purpose. That's that's one of our purpose, you know, fruit, be fruitful and multiply. Mm-hmm. Um, but literally creating happiness by I I don't, I don't know, man. I kind of <laughs> digre- I, I digress after a while. It's almost like
0: oh no, nah, I'm with you. I'm definitely following you, yeah. bro, because. Every man just has to have a purpose, bro, and I think finally I'm about to be 30 years old this year, and I feel like I found my purpose, and I'm going to stick with this, and I'm going to keep going, and I just encourage a lot of other people to find theirs also, because yeah. ain't nothing like looking into the soul of someone that you love to death, and there's nothing in there. Mm. There's mm. nothing like it, and I've seen it so many times. I had friends that passed away that like I knew it was downhill from there, mm. and I felt so bad because I knew there was nothing I could do. Wish I could, but some people just don't they never find that purpose but some people will pretend like they found that purpose and they'll be on this earth just for 50 more years just yeah. playing around
2: and that's the worst thing like the worst thing is literally the worst thing is literally having potential that's what my brother told me a long time ago yeah the I like the worst that. thing to have is potential yeah because somebody can go I like, like man he could be great if he just put his mind to it, if he executes
0: it's like that 50 cent line. That's the line. worst thing. Damn, homie, in high school, you was the man, homie. I know people like that too. What happened to you? Yeah. It's like they gave up. <laughs> uh-huh.
2: There's plenty of people that's dead at 20. And like you said, they lived at 85.
3: Uh-huh.
0: but they
2: died at 20 because something happened. And I just don't want that to happen to me. And I'm just glad I didn't have to necessarily go into my full detail of my backstory because it's pretty dark. And I think every time I tap into that, it, it puts me in a dark place. So I'm really liking the way that you conduct your interviews, bro. Like I
0: appreciate it. You've been
2: on a, on a high the whole time.
0: Oh, yeah. I told you. like Before we started, I told y'all I've been all over the place in my other stuff. But this one right here, I'm going to make sure I'm structured.
2: I appreciate that. Because
0: I like how you came in here. You came in here on some straight business stuff. So I was like, oh, yeah. I got to give him that same respect. <laughs> I appreciate it, but I But I will admit, I'm going to lose cannon. <laughs> hey. uh, but a lot of people like me for that but at the same time like I said uh, I think I said it on the one I did with uh, Greasy I was like if I could rename my podcast i will call it a bipolar podcast because sometimes I want to be entertaining sometimes I want to be serious and you caught me on a serious day there you go <laughs> even though it's Saturday night and I'm about to enjoy myself but
2: hey, I'm gonna do the same thing <laughs> but I, I'll say I'll say it like this at the end of the day if I see that you that person that can help you'll be close enough to hurt. If I see that you can't help, you'll never be close enough for to hurt me anyways. That's just a like bar. a landmine.
0: Yeah, that's a bar. You got that in the song already?
2: Nah, but I'm put, yeah, t- put that in the song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, put that in the song.
0: But yeah, bro, you want to tell the people anything before we get off of here? I'd like to end on a positive note.
2: Oh, um. again, my name Axiom. So just follow me on all social media platforms at I'm Axiom. I-M-A-X-I-O-M. Spotify, iTunes, anywhere that you get your music. Check out Ferris, the album we drop. Also, Bird Eye View in April eighteenth. I really want to see you at that Spades tournament because it's a lot of y'all talking about y'all the best at Spades, but y'all don't want it. So I'll make sure y'all go to Chiefer Productions, um, and go ahead and get them tickets on our event. Right?
0: How much is the Spades tournament? Cause I'm gonna pull up with Quaylo so we can take over. Twenty five dollars. Twenty five dollars. Twenty five dollars.
2: Yeah, twenty five dollars per person, and that includes the fashion show. Also, uh, we giving away a raffle for a weekend in Miami. So, somebody's going to win a weekend in Miami. And you get light orders within that $25. All
3: right.
0: Me and Quake going to be there because I know That's we gonna, we can take over.
2: That's what's up. <laughs>
0: but it's another episode of Sit Down with Slim. And we out.